Hey everybody, welcome to Journey of the Roadrunner. I'm Paul Stressner, Rhode Islander on the journey to run a race in all 50 states. Joining me is my friend and personal trainer, Adriana Ferns, and together we strive to inspire you to live a healthier, happier life by exploring the transformative power of running, both physical and mental wellness, as well as personal growth. Our podcast covers a wide range of topics, including fitness, nutrition, mindfulness, and self-improvement. We invite a diverse range of guests to share their insights, including authors, podcasters, athletes, and individuals who are making a difference in Rhode Island. Journey of the Roadrunner aims to inform, entertain, and motivate our listeners to embark on their own journeys towards optimal health and well-being. Now let's get the show on the road. Hey everybody, it's Paul here. And Adriana. And if you listen to the last episode, you know we have some exciting news. Adriana's new book, Fitness to Freedom, Finding Health and Self While Incarcerated, is now out for you to buy. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <Yep>. Thank <laughs> you. So uh, it was it was a long, I wrote the book, um, obviously, when I was away. Um, and a lot, I haven't, I it's, it's interesting because I wrote the book. I didn't share my story with everybody. I shared my story with some people. You know, there's a stigma. There's there's like, oh, I want to share like that anyone can do this and you can no matter what you're what you're going through in life or your situation, like you can change and you can get healthy and happy. And, you know, so I had all this like, yeah, I'm going to go out gung ho and pump this through. And then, you know, there was a lot of like just like insecurity and stigma and you know, things happened in my life where I went to like, go do something. And they're like, Oh, you have to do this background check or, and then I'm like, all right, is it going to come up? Cause it was a federal crime. And, um, so there's always that, um, interestingly enough, when I first got my job where I'm at now, they didn't do one. And, oh. um, or it might've asked, I can't remember it. No, I don't think they even did one. Cause I just handed in my, so I never said anything. Cause I didn't feel like, I felt like omitting was not, like, I'm not just going to come out and be like, by the way, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, no one's going to tell anyone, like, if they got like a, a DUI when they were like 17 and they're like 40 years old, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it's not. So to me, it was like, it was a really hard, it was hard because it was like, it's how I got myself where I am today. So I'm like proud of exactly. it. But it was also mm -hmm. like, there's still, and I'm, I'm still working through a lot of my stuff in therapy because therapy is forever, you know, like trying to better yourself is a forever thing. And um, it was hard though. It was harder than I thought. And I would tell friends and like a few people and see how the reaction was. And like, so then I wrote the book and I'm like, I've been sitting on this book. I had ran into a friend at a coffee shop who's, who's actually published by a company. And he's like, don't self-publish. It's terrible. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, and then I hear other people like go self-publish. Like it's the only way you're going to get your book out there. I did have a publishing company so, offer to pick it up, but they wanted me to change the whole book. So I was like, screw you guys. I'm not going to, this is my story. I might have yeah. changed my story. It's my story, you know? <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I ended up just not doing that. So I ended up going through actually Kate Champion. So anyone who's listened to the podcast, we had her on. I was on her podcast. She kind of lit a fire under my ass because she's like, how can we get your book? I'm like, oh, no, like you can't yet. <laughs> and she's like, uh, OK, so then after we get off the podcast, she's like, do you need help? Because you need to get this out there like now. So I'm like, all right, now I better get the book. Out. It lit a fire in my ass. You know, I'm like, if I wrote this book and I want to share it, I need to just like, you know, buckle up and share it. There's going to be people who have opinions. This is the way the world works, you know, but I've had nothing but positive feedback. So I also am yeah. there because it's like, what kind of an asshole are you if you're going to be negative to somebody who like 
who was a fuck up and then changed their life. Turns like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so there's that. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's been, it's been really great. Like I had, fr- mm-hmm. I, I met up with a friend at the coffee shop and, um, she, we talked about it. She's one of my best friends and her and her husband want to throw me a book launch party. And I'm like, what? She's like, you deserve it. Like you need to do this. We're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to go? And I'm like, Oh crap. And then a, a buddy of mine who runs a writing group, like he has like a writing, um, he has like people come in from out of town to do like a writing, like retreat. He's like, you need to do a, um, a reading. I'll help. So I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh shit. So like the support I've gotten has been like unbelievable. And it's, it's really, it feels good. Cause I do want to use it to help people. And, um, the training school actually had not connected at all, but had reached out again. Cause they're like, we really want you to come help us do yoga. And, so that was good because it kind of fell into place with it's in line with what I want to do. Right. Yeah. Talk you about know, alignment. <laughs> it'd be right. And in a perfect world, if I was like loaded, cause I actually sat with the person um, the other day and she's just like, she's a brilliant mind. And I wanted to sit with her cause I know she's very like together with like just organizing life. I'm like, I need to sit down and like organize where I, where I'm, what I'm doing, where I want to be. So I sat with her. And she's like, you know, I haven't heard you mention money yet. Like, what do you, what do you, what, you know? So we talked about that. And then she goes, I go, because she goes, if you could do anything you want and money wasn't an issue, what would you do? Like, what would your job? And I told her, I said, I'd open a facility for like even adults, but like kids, people who are like less fortunate, who are in, in neighborhoods or places that they can't get fitness and yoga. They can't just go to a club and, and go work out. You know, some of these kids might not even have enough food. So I'd open a place, you know, maybe have some like shake bar, like free for people who needed it and like have a, a facility where I could teach fitness, Mobnat yoga to people who can't afford me. Cause she goes, why wouldn't you have a nicer place and have them come there? I'm like, cause they can't. She's like, that's a good point. I'm like, most of the people won't have transportation. So in a perfect world, I would like to do that. Cause I feel like getting fitness and, and eating right and all this into, um, you know, places that people can't afford it might change some lives where it's like, all right, you might not have everything, but you have fitness now, you know? So like just what fitness did for me and what I wrote in the book, how it really shaped me into who I am today. I want to share that with people who maybe don't have the opportunity. Okay. So yeah, so let's all start from the beginning. Actually you gave this to me to read. I think it was probably before the pandemic when it, it was. <laughs> you sent me like the PDF or just, yeah, yeah. Like years and then, ago. Like I didn't know. Of, yeah. And I didn't even know about your history. <laughs> and even though we've been friends for a while until I saw that. So, um, and you knew before yeah, some other people. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So you should get into it. Like you actually did like real prison time, not like, um, overnight in the oh, no. tank or something you so 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 uh, I don't know you want to say what happened yeah so I I had um you know I'll make it short I don't want to get too much into mm-hmm. it plus yeah you, you don't want it. you don't want to get too much away from the book either but yeah just well yeah that. and you and the, it's in the book but that's another thing buy the book too so you can read the whole thing <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> uh, not you but anyone who's listened um so yeah I I had, I had a lot of problems growing up. I grew up with ADHD. I had a really hard time in school. Never really feel like I fit in. Um, got into, I didn't love drinking too much because I played soccer and it made me sick. So started smoking pot, just kind of did that. Then got into like some psychedelics and some heavier stuff. Really started, 
I had a huge cocaine problem with obviously with people with ADHD. I was like brilliant when I started cocaine. <laughs> so I loved it. I was creative. My writing, you know, these are the things I thought at least that I, mm-hmm. I was creative. My writing was better. I just could do more and I was smart. And I, I it just that it made me feel way different than I ever felt growing up. So it was, a, it was, you know, a lot, it's funny because they say like opioids are addicting and this and that. I'm like, I don't find any joy in, in when I was doing stuff like that stuff. Thank God was never, it didn't turn me on, Coke did. And so I got into that and I really, I started smuggling um, pot from Arizona to Rhode Island and um, never got caught doing that. And then a buddy of mine who I was doing that with was like, I have this big deal, you know, uh, if you, if you first I had to hide all of this, like math, which thank God I didn't like that either. Cause I probably just did it all. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I, I hated it. I, I was like, how does anybody like this? Like I had one mm-hmm. choice drug and that was it. And thank God for that. Cause I'd probably be dead if I'm surprised I'm not honestly. And, um, mm-hmm. he said, you gotta hide this. And then once we get the call, we're going to drive it somewhere or I wasn't even going to drive it at first. And then somehow someone who was supposed to drive it, who actually ended up getting like getting caught and then ratting us out um got got caught we didn't know we just they were like oh you have to bring this here and so I was told I was gonna make a lot of money just to take this and travel and then in my head I was like I'm gonna quit doing stuff like once I make this big chunk of money I can like Mm -hmm. relax a little and like try to like not do things anymore and get healthier because I there was a part of me that was always active I I liked the gym. I wasn't healthy at the time. I was, it was ridiculous how messed up I was, but there was a, always a part of me that wanted to do better. Like in my internal soul, like I felt like I needed to do better. I just didn't know how I had no direction. I was lost and all, and you know, emotionally, mentally, just a mess. So anyway, um, I ended up getting caught to make a long story short. And, um, I ended up in New Jersey cause that's where I got caught in the counties, which was the, New Jersey County jails are horrible. They're horrible, horrible places. They don't treat people well. Um, so I stayed at one of them. Uh, then the go ahead. What? How, how old were you? Uh, twenty six, yeah, maybe twenty like mid twenties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I was a late bloomer. So this is I got busted doing this, and um, I knew when I got caught that I wanted, like, I wanted to be caught in a way because I, mm-hmm. I was tired of my life and I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't think I was worth the help. Like I had really low self-esteem at the time. Um, so it ended up being a blessing in disguise, you know, and I, I've never been, I was born Catholic. I don't believe in the Catholic religion as a thing. Like, so I really looked for a faith while I was there and I didn't necessarily find one. I read about all the religions because this is the way my brain works. I'm like, I have to learn everything now. I've been like (laughs) years of not knowing about myself because I was just high all the time. So I decided that I didn't like any religion because they're all weird and like very like patriarchal and just fucking weird and controlling mm-hmm. yeah and just like brainwashy and all this bullshit and all these weird rules and i'm like this is all a bunch of fucking crap so i ended up kind of like gravitating more towards like karma and like spirituality so i felt as the though um you know me getting caught was uh an intervention like a divine intervention yeah. mm-hmm. so i felt like the universe had plans for me and had to just rip me out of my life. And I started doing things to get, I actually gained 30 pounds in the county because you're just depressed and you eat. But, and I'll, to give you an example, 
the room that I was in, I'm not really good with measurements. So let's just say like 20, I'm going to take an educated guess. Like we'll say like maybe like 50 by like 25 or something. I'm probably totally wrong here. Maybe 50 by 50. There's 14 women in the room, seven bunk beds all next to each other. There's almost no room to do it. There's one toilet and one shower and one sink. Almost no room to do anything. You're stuck in that room 23 hours a day. Allegedly, you get rec time, but half the time it was this gross room with nothing in it. People just walked in circles and it was tiny. Pull-up bar maybe. And like, who the hell's doing pull-ups there? Like, everyone's gaining weight. So anyway, the food's horrible. Um, I gained a bunch of weight there. We went to another county because the federal contract got pulled from there. There was no water, uh, no hot water for like almost two months in the winter. I think it was at least a month. I think it was two. And um, we had to use a bucket where they had like a coffee spigot for hot water. And we put hot water in the bucket and mix it with cold water and get in the shower and like dump a cup on your head to like shower. So the contract got pulled. Then we ended up in another county. Um, the feds got pulled to this other county, New Jersey. A little nicer. That's where I started exercising more, losing weight. Because I looked in the mirror. I was like, dude, I'm not going to be fat. Like, I was never, mm-hmm. I never was overweight growing up in any way. So I didn't, it wasn't comfortable for me. It hurt. My knees hurt. It was weird. And um, then I lost a bunch of weight. And then um, when I got to the federal prison, the camp, that's where I really started. They had gym. They had like a real gym. And I really started doing a lot more, you know, I was still in New Jersey. No, this was in Connecticut. Connecticut. And like the camp is like where not the same exact state, but the camp is like where Martha Stewart was like, it was like two guards or one guard for like 200 women. You couldn't have just walked off if you wanted to. There was a lake by the track. Like it was bougie, honestly, for a prison. (laughs) But, you know, honestly, I'm there. Yes, I'm exercising. I'm eating clean. But like I'm sleeping with chicks and like not being super like proactive in my like rehab getting better because they offered me this. You can do this with what you did. We want you to do this 40 hour drug. And I'm like, dude, that's not going to help me. Like I was a fuck up for years. 40 hours is not going to like supplement the years that I was a fuck up. So I decided to um behind the fence which is called max security so you're locked in this is way way scarier than where i i am at this at the present time i was in this like place in the woods in connecticut it was gorgeous you know sneak in take a shower with a girl like it was just totally (laughs) sneaking her lip gloss with my visits because she's cute like just i was a total freaking douche and um so i decided to take the um the 200 hour program behind the fence and like get myself locked in more Cause I didn't feel that I was going to be productive if I didn't get real help. And you know what? The help was there. So I'm like, this is free. It's an, it's, this is an opportunity. I'm going to put myself in a situation that's a little more challenging. So I don't just come home and do the same thing, you know? And, um, I worked hard. I really worked hard to be better. Um, it's how I, I taught myself basically how to my, I didn't eat terrible growing up. So it wasn't hard for me to figure out, but I really got myself in a better situation. Um, you know, I used magazines, fitness magazines, books. I basically did everything on my far as like educating myself and things like that. Um, how I started working in the gym there behind the fence was um, I became a janitor because there was no jobs in the gym and I wanted to be in the gym. And I heard you could work out like after, like you could go work out, but 
So I was like, I want to work there. And um, then I started doing this abs class. Well, I started doing abs all the time and people would join me. And this guy is like, you're taking up like half the gym. You need to teach a class. I'm like, well, I'm the gym. I like clean the gym. He's like, well, you're going to take a test and you pass it. You can teach people. I'm like, okay. So then I got to do that. And then it went on. I taught some other classes, you know, make a long story short. It really is where I started training people, you know? Yeah. yeah now that you're like, it's like your, your head got clear, you know, being yeah. like off of the drugs and everything. And then you were like starting to get your focus, your, your like compass. Yeah. <laughs> Come into alignment there. So and that was like the first time you started like teaching. Well, that's right. So, so I did actually teach, um, there was this lady, she was in, um, she was from Africa. She didn't, um, she spoke English, but it was really bad. Like it was enough though. Like we could have conversations. So I was trying to help her read and write in English. And, um, this other woman was Mexican and we would trade. I'd teach her English. She'd teach me Spanish. So, um, the teaching thing in general, I think I, I enjoyed. And, um, the first, the first place I was ever in, I did the laundry and there was a TV in the laundry room. So you didn't want to watch, there were two TVs in this tiny ass room, 14 people, one English, one Spanish. And all everyone did was fight. So I never watched TV <laughs> unless it was a show I wanted. Cause I'm like, I'm not getting involved in this shit. You yeah. know? <laughs> and you learn a lot about yourself when you're away too, because you're in these situations with all different personalities and they're really uncomfortable situations. You have to navigate. And, you know, I was, there was one other white girl in there and I hated her. She was a fucking bitch. So like, we didn't get along anyway, but like, I literally, like I could have been, you, you have no idea what kind of situation you're in. And if I was like, not luckily I grew up with like people of color and like different, uh, you know, ethnicities, but it was a very like mixed bag of people. And a lot of people like the Spanish people would fight with everyone who spoke English about the TVs and I could give a shit. So of course I got along with them because they're like, she's never fighting with the TV. You know, the Muslim people would fight with like everyone else about this because of the, they were doing the praying and they can't be near the rug. And it was all this stuff. Like people would fight constantly and I never seemed to be in the fights. So I was able to navigate through yeah. each group of different people, which was cool because I had friends. I wouldn't mm -hmm. say friends, but I got along with everyone well which is really important. And I, you don't right. realize that about yourself until you're actually in a situation like that, where there's a lot of personalities not getting along. I mean, there's gangs and there's people in different gangs who don't like each other and are trapped in a tiny room. Like there's a lot of weird shit going on, you know? And um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I learned a lot about myself and in there, but um, in that one place, I, I did the laundry. I remember, do you remember on MTV, there was a show, this lady's name was Jackie. She was a trainer. It was like years ago. She had her own gym. Oh, brings or maybe it was A and E. I thought it was MTV. It might have been A and E. One of the or like one of those stupid cable networks. Um, but mm -hmm. she was. I think it was A and E. I don't remember. But she was a trainer, and I remember watching the show and being like, "Wow, that's a cool show." Like I like to be a trainer. And then because I I didn't write that in my book, which I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I should have wrote that. Super mm -hmm. important, right? Where did you decide to be a trainer? I'm like, "Oh, in prison." But I but I did actually. I think it started there. Like it put a, a, a bug in me that that was something mm -hmm. I wanted to do. And then I ended up really just, it, it was almost like it, it, the universe made me that way. Cause like I was doing stuff and people were coming to me, Yeah, you know, yeah. and there's, there was a real gym in the the maps where I was and there was a trainer there and they, they get paid commissary. So you don't want to fuck with them. Cause like <laughs> people were asking me to train them. I'm like, no, no, we can just work out together. Cause you don't want to step on toes in a place like that either. 
Mm-hmm. especially in Max, because people murdered, there were women who murdered people in there. So I want to make sure that I'm on their good side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't but, consider myself a wuss, but I've never murdered anybody, nor do I plan to. So kind of want to make sure I'm on the good graces of the murderers, you know. <laughs> they were a little scary. Huh. But anyway, so um, so you ended up taking that test. And I'm assuming yeah, I passed. passed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't really hard, but yeah. Um, it was cool and and I did good and I ended up having more than that class. Like I ended up teaching a circuit class and it, it really started from there. And I inspired people like even in the camp. I remember what, the, go ahead. Well, was it the, yeah. So it was like people that actually wanted to get fit or were they just going just to like get out of the cell? And no, no, no. Cause do something different. there is a little different. Like you, you have um, dorms. Mm-hmm. So your, your cell that you're in is actually like your bedroom. So it's like okay. a sink, a toilet, and like a bunk bed, two bunk beds. So you're in this tiny room to like sleep, basically. And there was like a count that you did in the day. But most of the day, you're out on the the um, the plat of, I can't even remember what we called it, but you're out, out and about. So oh, okay. you, it depends on what your job is, because everyone has a job. You might mm-hmm. be at work, or you might be out at the gym, or you might be at a meal if there's lunch, like you could be doing something different. You're not really in your room much because you can't, and where I was, I was actually in the drug program. So I had to stay, our, our pod was like locked sometimes. It was, you didn't, no one really wanted to be in there because like that was the, the place like guess You're not supposed to be in other people's units, but mm-hmm. like most, there's guards that didn't care. Like if you're hanging out with your friends sewing or, I mean, you're not supposed to have sex in prison with other women but it happens. So, you know, that was, that was one rule I broke frequently because, <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, you're a human, you know, and, and it's funny. I, I'll never forget someone said, did you become a lesbian in prison? I'm like, no, I always liked girls and you don't become a lesbian. It kind of just happens. You're, you're like, you, you are there when you're like little and you just don't realize it yet. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was obviously a lot easier to, or that's what you that's what you have an option for even if i was sleeping with men obviously there's none to sleep with there so right yeah that's what you're doing you know so but you could go in other well you weren't supposed to be you know you it, it was like kind of like a living quarters is the actual cell there and nothing else you're never in it so you're always bopping around and um mm-hmm. the the gym at the federal level was decent in comparison to you know yeah, that other place with the oh, full of bar <laughs> nothing nothing you know and it, it was a lot of it was it's crazy because as hard as it was there's a lot of things that you don't have to worry about that we worry about all the time like what i'm gonna wear like the same outfit yeah, every true. day even if yeah. it's like a different clean it's a clean one it looks the same some people like so you know in, in federal because they're, they're people are there for life some of them like they make clothes, they sew clothes and all kinds of shit. Like, you know, you're not, it's contraband. If you're wearing some, there's a lot of like bullshit rules. Some of the guards care, some don't like, it's a lot of navigating it's, and it really teaches you. I learned a lot of things while I was there, like life things, like skills. Mm -hmm. And you learn a lot about yourself as a human because you're stripped of everything. You really don't have much freedom. So you learn about your resilience which I found I'm extremely resilient. And it was nice to find out. I learned about like, I, I do well in any social situation. I can get along well. There were times that uh, I should have been caught for something like, or got in trouble, you know, cause I'm, uh, again, not to 
sound like I'm a nymphomaniac, but I had a little girlfriend there and she was kind of a bitch sometimes to people. So they could like the guards were coming in a room and instead of someone being like, oh, they're right in there. Like this girl came and like basically warned me and hit us so we wouldn't mm-hmm. get caught. Like that's because she, the, and the girl said to me later, I don't like your girlfriend, but I think you're cool. So I didn't want you to get in trouble. So like that was just an example of like someone else looking out for me or liking me, you know, in in other situations, like silly stuff. Like when we were in the small place, this one woman, um, from the Dominican, uh, Luz, Luz was her name. She'd cook. It was disgusting, but it was great back then. It was like a trash bag in a microwave full of like noodles, like ramen noodles with like summer sausage, like as gross as you can think, but it tasted good. Like I'd always get invited to eat, you know, cause I got along with everyone. So it, it just, it, ta- it taught you a lot about yourself too when you're there. Um, and it, it, it really was, and it also teaches me about how fucked up our, our country, like our system is like, we, this is a prison for profit. Like I heard yeah. some stories and I'm like, man, like these women don't belong here, you know? And especially in New Jersey where it's like, it, it's, that's where you really notice like how racist our country is. Like the amount of like, you know, people of color and like some of the stupid shit they did, like this person doesn't belong in jail for this. Like it's ridiculous, you know? And it was, it, it was upsetting on so many levels that like, we're doing this to our own country and our own people. And I learned a lot, even the federal level, one of the jobs, the, um, the jobs there was, it's like, you're not making anything for the military. You're making pieces that go to weapons basically. So mm-hmm. like it's free slave labor, really. Yeah. It's they're mm-hmm. paying these people $7 a week to make weapons. You're not obviously making oh. a gun. You might make like a gear that goes to something that another prison's making the other piece that goes to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you're yeah. making it's like free labor. Well, that's kind of actually how like the whole prison system started when all the slaves were free. Then yeah. they were coming up with these weird laws to you know get 13th free labor out of them. Yeah, yeah, Thirteenth Amendment, right? And it's it yeah. is like that. And it, I really got a firsthand. That's another reason I get really pissed off when people are like, oh, there's no, uh, it's not like uh, racism and no, like I get pissed off because I saw firsthand <laughs> how people are treated and. And it made me understand my privilege. And it was also like, it made me upset and angry for people who, you know, like didn't, why are you here for this stupid ass fucking crime when this little douchebag whose parent has money can get them out in a second and they won't ever, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just little Mm -hmm. things like that. Like I really, I I got to understand a lot and it made me want to help people more because it was, Mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking. Like I met some amazing humans you know, who didn't deserve to be where they're at or who made dumb mistakes. And it's like, instead of helping these women rehabilitate or like, you know, just some of the things they've been through, of course they're fucked up. Like, you know, and and there's no help. It's just, let's just imprison these people. And then they're going to come out and they're not going to have any hope and they're just going to end up back here. So it's, there's so many like layers to it. And if you asked me if I'd ever do this all over again, like, you know, maybe there's things in my life I would, there's a, couple things I'd skip over (laughs) but if I had to go back and do it all over I would because I feel like it's why it's who I am today it's how I've become the person I am you know and I've learned a lot from it and it's a life experience I call it college yeah yeah. you know because it was like a college for me well one of the things that I really loved about your book was like how you uh, talk about like the nutrition how you you like given tips to prisoners on how to like eat healthier and stuff yeah if you want to touch on anything 
So yeah, I, in the book, that. I do obviously talk about my story, but I, I give new it's in, you know, a lot of it's dated, like there's certain things I, I don't agree with, but I didn't know any better either. But honestly, if you've gained weight or you're eating in prison, the advice still, I think is better than anything. If you have none. Um, mm -hmm. so basically I did like, you know, what we would get in like commissary or how to trade food with people. Like a lot of people want cake. They don't want the apple, get the apple, you know, trade your green beans for the, the piece of bread. Like, um, I did recipes with like commissary. So like you can get chicken salad, you know, like the little packets. And like, mm -hmm. I did recipes on how to eat better in prison if, for people who are there. I created workouts, even when you're locked in a room by yourself. Cause that's happened to me. It happened to me a few times and I was really depressed. And I'm like, I just, just really was doing really well. And there was a hiccup that happened and um, it was very disheartening. And I ended up just making my, I forced myself to work out in this tiny ass room with nothing, nothing, no, no weights, nothing. And the, the shoes just put it this way. They're not friggin' comfortable. They're like kids, you right. know, those flat, those flat, like old lady shoes. That's what yeah, you're rocking, yeah. you know, and like the clothes aren't comfortable. It's not comfortable to work out. And you can't work out in your sports bra. People scream at you, you know? So it's like, you're, there's nothing comfortable about a situation in any way. And, um, I understand that because I was there. So I, in the book, I really try to give some advice to people who are there. I'm like, Hey, yeah, you can, you're not going to eat like you will out here, but you can eat better. And, you know, in the, in the federal level, there's a salad bar, there's vegetables. The federal level is much better to eat, like easier to eat healthy. It's mm -hmm. still challenging. Cause you, you know, you, you're sad and depressed, even, even exactly. if I was just going to say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah that so there, you. there's a point that's where I think the fitness needs to go in with it. Cause th that's what kept me going. The endorphins. I would, I love to run in there cause they had a track. If you ask me now if I want to run on a track, I want to punch myself in the face. I would run <laughs> five miles on that track, happier than anything, with my little Walkman, with stupid mm. radio station and commercials, bad music, good music commercial. I was so happy running. Like, it it was one of my, like, highlights. I would just run. I'd run that track, and I'd count the laps because it, it made the time go by. I'm like, I'm at 10 laps, you know, because obviously four laps is a mile. Yeah. And I'd be like, boom, boom, I'm going to do five. I started off running slow and like running a little. And then I started running laps and laps and laps. And five miles was my like jam. Uh -huh. Like I would just, the five mile on the track, I felt great. I felt good, but it circles, man. And like, that's, what's crazy. Like I think back to it, like, I, I don't know if I'd enjoy that now at all. <laughs> if you made me go run five miles on the track, I'd be like, why? You know, but back then it was just, it was clearing your head and it made me less sad. And it made me, actually, I was really in a good mental state, believe it or not, because I felt accomplished and it made me eat a lot cleaner because I was mm -hmm. eating to fuel myself and to feel good. And I watched my body fat go down and I was like, woo, like they, we had one of those handheld ones there. And I was like, uh -huh. I went down a lot. I lost like 9% body fat and I was like ripped. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I was, you know, I was younger too, a little easier, but yeah, I, right. I, I got ripped and I was like, man, people, I remember like a couple of people, like I did get made fun of in some of the places because they're like, I'm exercising by myself in the counties, like running up and down stairs and stuff at the second place. And I, I'd be like, I don't care who's making fun of me. Like, this is about me, you know, and it, it really felt good to have not much of an idea of what to do and be able to get my, this is why I wrote a book too. And with advice, because I did it myself. I'm not just like reading a book about fitness and telling you what to do. Like I physically was in this situation and I was able to lose the weight.
you know. Mm -hmm. That uh, what you were, were you um, teaching people in nutrition there too? Teaching really. yeah, no, I uh, I did, I helped people. Like I wouldn't mm -hmm. say I gave nutrition advice, but I helped. But you people. were doing exercise classes though, so yeah, you know, oh so, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and I so you were putting together plans and everything there. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's I, where you I did. basically I, got your start. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I started my circuit class. And it's funny because when I came to Bristol Total Fitness, the first week I was here, there was a person who called out one night and like for class. And they're like, Can you teach a class? And it was like on the fly. And I'm like, Yeah, I'll do. I just did the same circuit I did in prison. I wrote the stuff down and <laughs> um, they loved it. They fucking went bonkers. And I ended up taking over that time slot. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was, you know, I, I I feel as though I was meant to do this because it was like there was no way I could get around it. It was like all the signs, you know. And this is where I say I'm spiritual because I'm a firm believer. Like all when there's just a million signs in front of you, you can't ignore it. Mm -hmm. And I was good at it, and people liked Mike liked me, and they liked me helping them. And I think they found that, you know, it, it was it's different there because you're you're looking at a person changing. Like so, people saw my dedication. And they saw that I really wanted to do this and I had the will to do it. So it inspired people because they're like, oh, this chick's here with us doing it. It's not some like fucking person coming off the streets in telling you how to get fit in prison and give, doing a prison fitness class. And then they leave and go home then to their house. Home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, this is me in the situation with you and I'm able to do this. So, so can you. And anyone can, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it does take a lot of drive, but, it, but it's something, it's something to focus on. It's positive. Yeah. So that's amazing that, yeah, you, um, you're able to like teach the classes there. You, it, you do learn how to like um, deal with people, you know, all the, just oh, all yeah. the different personalities and everything. Oh, yeah. So that was like a good schooling there for you. It, it was real. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because people sometimes like I have, I love all my clients right now. Right. Like, and, and I have for years, like I've, I've been doing this long enough that I can be picky, but I've had some clients like come from other trainers or whatever, who aren't here anymore, anything like that. And like other people will ask me like, oh, how do you get along with so-and-so? I'm like, I love them. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I love them. Mm -hmm. I love their personality. Like, oh, I heard they were tough. I'm like, yeah, they're tough in their own right. But like, I get along with that. Like, I like people like challenging people or I like people with a little attitude, you know, like mm -hmm. I don't find that upsetting. I, I enjoy someone who pushes back a little or fucks with me or weren't you counting? I'm like, no, were you like, you know, like I don't mind having a little banter. So like, I yeah. think dealing with people like that, you know, cause you have to remember too, like a lot of these women who are in prison, like they're not bad people, but there's some who are. And there's a lot of people who they're not bad people, but they're so protected because of everything that they've gone through in life. So like they have these guards up in these shells. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like you have to navigate a hardened person. And like, if you can see past their shield, you can really enjoy who they are. And I think because I was, I had to look, always try to like see who I was dealing with past their protection. It's easy for me to see through people now, like in here with normalcy, because mm -hmm. you're not actually going through something super fucking hard. Not that people aren't. But like, there was so many layers to some of these women there. And it was like dealing with them. I have to like acknowledge how, how jaded and hurt they are as humans and see past that to get to know them before I make some kind of like judgment on what I'm dealing with. So I think dealing with so many protected people made it easier for me to be like sympathetic and empathetic to like others. So 
when I get people who others consider tough, I'm like, I fucking love their personalities, man. Like I love, I love a straight shooter. You know, I love a jackass. who has got a little sarcasm. Like I love that Mm -hmm. shit. Like I like, I like different personalities. I don't want to deal with the same friggin' doop doop every day and the same person, (laughs) same conversations about nothing. You know, I want to deal with people who've got a little meat and bones going on. So it, it taught me so much. And I think it definitely made me the trainer I am today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so funny like as you were talking about your experience there it kind of reminded me that the, the prison wasn't like too much different than being in the military no I, it's funny <laughs> my, my one of my neighbors was um, in the army and she was talking about something one day and I was like well that sounds about right <laughs> I, I bet there's a different I didn't volunteer <laughs> yeah that's the, that's the difference yeah yeah like when you said you were running like on the track when when I was on the ship in the Gulf War, I I ran on on the um there was like a ramp in a hallway that went like a you know a few few decks down that we used to like transport stuff. So um yeah, so I would use that and be running up and down. Yeah, I'd be like the only one running. Yeah, there. you know that's, yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. So so funny. And um, yeah, I'm so glad that you really, so, so this just goes to show to everybody, like you come off as like super confident and everything, but even you have your insecurities and (laughs) so insecure. And that's one of the reasons I ended up in the situation I was in. I didn't have, you know, my parents are nice people like that. I'm not, you know, it just, I didn't really have the support I needed as far as like in the education system, you know, I'm 45. So the ADHD train was like chewing real, chewing away real slow, like choo choo, you know, it was kind of <laughs> in the background. And I don't think necessarily I, I was, I wouldn't have ever called myself a bad kid. I just think I didn't have the resources back then that I needed to thrive. And in turn, I just, I got in trouble because I didn't feel good about myself. I, I felt like very, very like left out and like different so it it was like more of it was like just a bad way to respond to those feelings and I didn't have you know I went to therapists and I just don't think I was very understood and it it, I and it makes me more understanding and a better teacher because I have a lot of people I teach who don't learn the same so like I'm sympathetic Mm -hmm. to that because I'm like I didn't learn the way that I was being taught so why am I going to start screaming at someone because they can't get an exercise like no, you just don't get it. It's okay. Like, let's try this. Okay. That doesn't work. Let's, let's try this next time we train. Like, let's do something different today. Today's not working out. You know, it, you don't have to make someone feel bad. That they're not learning the way that you're trying to teach. And that's where I think the education system really failed me. I didn't learn a lot of the same ways. It's not that I was dumb. Now I know that, but I struggled till I, I mean, even still I have issues where I like get insecure about my learning. Cause I'm like, why the fuck can't I understand what's going on? When everyone else is like, oh, it's just, just press these three buttons. I'm like, fuck the computer. It's going to the garbage. You know, it's like, <laughs> I just, I feel even as an adult, I'm still working through that stuff. And I, I'm very together in a lot of ways, but it took all of this to happen mm-hmm. for me yeah. personally, you know, and I, I like to share my story because when someone's giving me an excuse at the gym, sometimes I'm like, go to prison. I think that too like I yeah it was somebody's complaining I said oh I joined the military then you like learn some discipline and then <laughs> change the story right you know and it's it, it really is 
I think it helps people to look at me differently in the way that I'm not perfect in any way. Like people are like, oh, you just eat good and do all the things. I'm like, no, it's a fucking struggle to just be a trainer too and to be who I am. Like it's a sh- nothing's ever easy in life uh-huh. and nothing that's worth anything is easy in life. Like if yeah. something's too easy, it's not worth it or you've earned yeah. it and it came easy. You know what I'm saying? Like there's not, it, 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 it's hard work. And it was, this is why when people give me excuses, I'm like, you know how much harder it is to get in shape in prison? <laughs> yeah so like yeah, there's yeah. that you know and I can't say that to everybody or I just don't and now I feel with my book coming out I think people will get to know me but also mm-hmm. um who don't know my backstory but I also feel like I can help other people incarcerated and and you know just out in the street I mean because life can be a prison sometimes even if you're not in prison you know you can feel mm-hmm. trapped and it's it's okay to just kind of like let everything go and start from scratch. That's kind of what that felt like for me when I got in trouble. It was like, I'm, I have a drawing board now that's empty and I have to figure out who I am. You know, like I got rid of all the distractions and that's, I think the universe was like, let's give you some time to figure out who the fuck you, you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you were thinking, oh, this is going to be the last time I do this, but then, you know, it probably wouldn't have been. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Universe. And, that, and that happened a lot, Paul. I would get <laughs> sober from cocaine. Um, you know, I was a pothead for most of my life when I was younger. Um, and then I would be really against it and try to stay away from it. And then something would happen where I ended up in a situation and I was like, Oh, I'm just going to do a little bit and party a little. And then I get back into it. I moved away from Rhode Island to get away from it and ended up in a a place in the country that has tons of it way more than Rhode Island, you know, and (laughs) I had issues there. And, you know, now if you asked me, like if it was, if anything was in front of me, I wouldn't want it. I mean, I have no desire. Mm -hmm. I barely drink. Like I just don't feel good. I don't, I like to feel healthy. Like I love feeling healthy, you know, yeah. Plus a big part of it is the people that you surround yourself with. Like, right. And I, I do, everything. I feel as though now that I'm healthy, I attract healthy people emotionally mm-hmm. and physically. Like yes. I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of the relationships I have are with emotionally stable people. And back then no one was, you know, You're I have right. a few friends that I still have. And it's funny. One of my friends said to me, he goes, you know, don't take this the wrong way, A. Eh? Uh, he goes, well, he actually called me by my old nickname, Dre. He goes, but no one ever would imagine you're, you're the most together of all of us. And they have like master's degrees in their jobs. Like they're very intelligent, successful friends. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're doing good. But they were laughing about how they're like, you're more together than any of us. Like as far mm-hmm. as like your lifestyle and your, you know, your structure. And they're like, no one would have ever imagined that. Like, we're really proud of you, you know, and it, it, it felt good. I didn't take it an offense at all. I was like, well, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, and it, anyone can do it. Honestly, if you want mm-hmm. this, if you want to be a better person and get healthy, like it doesn't matter what your circumstances is. It's possible, you know, and that's why I really wanted this book to get out there. Yeah. Yes. Truly inspiration. Yeah. And like, if you could get healthy in prison when you're right. out, yeah, you should be able to, you have like more resources. Although that might be, um, you know, with all the distractions, I guess it's easier to fall off. <laughs> there, yeah. But, but you show that it can be done. Yeah. Not, not only that, like, it'd be good if your book can get in prisons. So that That's way what I'm, um, I'm working on. Yeah. And you yeah. can find, I, um, you can actually find it now. The paperback and the Kindle are on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So head over to there. 
Um, and I am gonna, I, I'm, her, I'm hearing I'm having a book launch party, so I'll announce that as well for anyone who wants to come. Um, I have to run to the chiropractor though, Paul, for my okay. last loser. Okay, yeah, so we could sign it off that way. And um, yeah, I highly suggest that you all check this book out. We're going to get Adriana making the rounds, so all different podcasts. So. Thank you. I appreciate you, Paul. <laughs> yeah, it will, um, yeah, keep you um, posted on any launch parties, book readings. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, if you get you involved with um, Lit Arts RI, you could probably do a book reading there. People will love you there. So, oh, I yeah. love it. Yeah. So, so that'll be a blast. So, yeah, you can get her book on Amazon. Yep. You can just look up Adriana Ferns or <laughs> Yep. Fitness to Freedom. Yeah. Fitness to Freedom. You could, yeah, book title. I just put in Adriana's name right now, but the, there's going to be more to come. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, also, if you're listening now, uh, capital S O U L 20 will get you 20% off at Soul Friend Yoga. Just figured I'd throw that out there. And you can reach me at Adriana at soulfriendyoga.com. Yeah. And then you can find me at The Roadrunner. R-H-O-D-E on um, Facebook, Instagram. Oh, the threads. I forget I'm on there sometimes. <laughs> if, if you want to check that out. And it's journeyoftheroadrunner.com is the website. So, and thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, we'll see you out on the road. Bye. And remember, be excellent to each other. And...